Welcome back to Feed the Post. I am your host, Joe Jackson. Joining me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Aiden Kuntz. Aiden, it's been a minute, but how you doing? Yeah, no, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, NBA playoffs starting today, the day we record this, uh, Saturday. And, um, you know, transfer portal madness is in full swing. Kind of, it's been a little bit of enough time now to uh, get over the Purdue loss and move on to the to the next phase, so. Yeah, doing better, probably doing better than the last time we recorded. I don't even remember when the last time we recorded is, but uh, definitely uh, definitely the the midst of the offseason. Yeah, for Feed the Post, did we do a pod for like Final Four weekend, maybe? I don't think or we did. did we just do oh, yeah, live maybe shows? We did. Yeah, maybe we did live shows. And, maybe. Yeah, we did. Yeah, did some live shows over at Boilers and Stands, um, but it, it has been a minute since we've done a Purdue-centric podcast here. Wanted just to kind of... You know, we're, we're going to recap after you for a minute because I feel like we just at least need to touch on it and just talk about Purdue in the offseason. You know, Lance Jones, Brandon Newman leaving uh, one more additional ro- roster spot, kind of what the makeup is, we think, for the team next year. And we're going to go, you know, even throughout the offseason, we have stuff plans, um, more player specific stuff, maybe get a couple players on if possible, too. So, um, you know, we can just kind of jump right into it uh, for any Purdue fans. We will be talking about a lot of stuff other than FDU. So if you want to just skip this part, go for it. But we are going to touch on it because we haven't formally done it here. Um, the 63 to 58 loss, first round attorney, we all know about that. Um, you know, I, I don't think we need to touch on it too much. Um, you know, we've, we've done the live shows. Everybody's had their takes and stuff. And, you know, worst loss in NCAA history is, is what I've been going with. Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that statement. And I was telling, you know, as I told you right before, kind of, jumping on here like I pulled up the box score and it was just like it's just it's two, it was two categories it was turnovers and threes um and that's oversimplifying a bit right like there's obviously other areas you can improve but five of 26 from three four of 18 on open catch and shoot threes 16 turnovers with 11 of them 11 of them being live ball um because FDU did not shoot well like I don't know if Purdue's defense was great but FDU didn't shoot well like I, I think you take that defensive performance every time but um you know, and we're going to touch on, and I'll let you kind of lead into it, but it just shows Purdue just needs one more thing. I'm still over the camp. You can, you can have a big and be successful. UConn did, they won, but they had other things too. They had guards that could run pick and roll. They had an insane shot maker in Hawkins. Like you, you just need, it seems like you need like for March, you need guards slash wings, perimeter players, um, because you know, whatever, whatever you want to call them, you need some of that, but I think you can still win with a big, right? Like, but you still just need the guards with it. And that's kind of where I'm at with all of this. Yeah, I need you need some luck. I mean, we we rehashed sure. it over and over again. Um, you know, I think despite it being the worst loss in history, I think as Purdue fans, for some reason, maybe I don't know, it just feels like we're just so used to it at this point. Um that it almost like doesn't hit as hard as it necessarily would for probably Virginia or I don't know. There's really, there's no other precedent. So really like there's nothing really to compare it to uh, because it's only happened once and that team won the national championship the next year. So I don't know. I, I, I feel fine about it now. Not fine, but just like kind of ready to move on. Um, yeah. I think the, the key you're, you're fine with the defensive performance. Um, even though, like, again, I think they got spooked a little bit by the Texas Southern game because the FDU center, like, went crazy. And so that Painter even came out and said, like, hey, we're not going to guard – we're not going to put Edie on – I can't remember the kid's name. 
Um, Almanor. Almanor, yeah, Ainsley Almanor, who ended up having one point, ironically, uh, yeah. in the game. Like, it's just that, that – and then the guy they put him on, Sean Moore, like, had 19. I, I was actually listening to an interview with now Iona head coach Tobin Anderson as Purdue keeps making. Uh, by the way, Purdue's gotten jobs for Grant McCaslin, Texas Tech, Shaheen Holloway, Seton Hall, and now uh, Tobin Anderson at Iona. So, Painter is uh, – Painter and the boys are getting – Getting a lot of guys. Painter paid. doesn't only help out his own tr- coaching tree; he helps out others too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, you could just include those guys in his tree. But no, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, yeah, like putting him on more and more was just confident. I, I, Tobin Anderson said on the show, he was just like, "Look, we told more going in because they already knew he, you know, Painter had already said that they're going to put Edie on him. Like, hey, just attack him every chance you get, you know. And that, that I think that's empowering for a player. That this is a guy who I don't think really was a big factor for them all year. But then, you know, when you know that going in, you're empowered by that. I'm not really criticizing Painter for that. I just think that was a factor in the game. And like you said, on the other end, they just couldn't hit shots. They, you know, I think Painter's talked about it. I think he realizes now in his quest to uh, prioritize skill and more, maybe more than skill IQ over, um, over athleticism and, and just kind of pure talent, I guess, if you will. Um, you know, he's talked about that a lot. I'm sure everybody who's listening kind of knows what I'm referring to. You know, he talked about the other day at the Naismith thing and and a couple of interviews he's given, like maybe he kind of went too far in one direction and kind of has too many guys who are the same archetype of, hey, we're awesome three-point shooters on paper. Um, we can't do a whole lot else necessarily offensively. Um, we're good defenders, we're tough, we're we're theoretically smart, but we're not great handlers of the ball, we're not super quick. Um, we, we don't have that offensive confidence that if we're open from three, maybe we rip and drive and go get us one, you know, instead of just jacking it. And so I I think we saw that bear out. Um, I think the additions they're getting, and really it's three guys with Cam Heidi, Miles Colvin, and and now Lance Jones, who we'll talk about. I think those guys are going to provide something. I don't think they're everything. Um, I don't think they you know, I, I think I still think they do need to use that additional scholarship. Um, but but it is it was a, a, a lot of guys who were really good three point shooters on paper and who couldn't couldn't find a way in that game to make the decisions they needed to make. And two of those guys are, are freshmen. And, and I think a lot of a lot of fans are sort of saying, you know, unless, you know, Painter unless he recruits a dynamic guard, like he's never going to be able to recruit dynamic guards. And and I think I've seen a lot of that. And I, two things for that. One, I think Braden Smith's going to be one of the better guards in Purdue history when it's all said and done. You, you could disagree with me on that, but I think the kid, what he showed as a true freshman um, with the amount with no of no off season. Yeah. No off season, broken foot. I mean, just kind of coming in cold to do what he did this season. Like to me is, is a, to me, he's going to have a big year next year, really big year. Yeah. Like I, I think next year it's not out of the question that he's an all big 10 type performer at all. Um, not, not at all. You know, I mean, that freshman to sophomore elite, we've seen it in the past. Uh, Edie made it. Ivy made it. You know, um, I'm not saying again, I, I don't know that he's a pro because of the size, but skill wise, I think he's he will ultimately be on that level. You know, Painter comped him to Peyton Pritchard before any he'd ever played a game. And I still think that's a pretty good comparison. A guy who, who averaged, what, 20 his final year at Oregon and is yep. now successful in the league. He's a little bit bigger than Braden. He might be able to stick. You know, Braden, I don't know about Braden in the NBA. I'm just saying as a college player, 
I think he's going to be really freaking good when it's all said and done, and he's not going to probably leave early. Okay, so that's one no. thing. The second thing is I, I when you're recruiting to Purdue, it's different. You can't and, – and I've seen some IU fans saying, well, Matt Painter will never understand that recruiting the state of Indiana is overrated. Well, sure, but again, he doesn't – you're not he doesn't have a, a a line of suitors you know outside of Mackey like knocking at the door to come live here and play here and we love it here we, we both made the decision to come here unfortunately our line of thinking is not synonymous with that of an 18 year old star guard most of the time you know what yeah. I mean so yeah. like so again, it I get that, but he's gotten some guys to come here. It didn't work out with Ivy for whatever reason. I mean, it worked out. He had a great career. They didn't, you know, win necessarily, go to a final four. That's what winning essentially means now at this point. And with Carson, it should have. And so those are two guys that recently in the past, I don't know, five years he's had that were good enough to get them there. And and it and they just didn't for whatever reason, be it a a, a stupid free throw tip out or just kind of a mental meltdown in the St. Peter's game. But my point is, I, I don't think, I think Painter's getting a little too much flack. It sucks. It's awful. He made some miscalculations with the roster. What I don't think he did is like, I don't think it's him that can't get guards to West Lafayette. I just don't subscribe to that. Like, I, I think there've been plenty of guards. I think we have one right now who's really freaking good. And again, the recruiting is limited. You know, he, he has the state of Indiana. He has the Midwest. How many guys on this roster are from the out outside of the Midwest? David Jenkins, Zach Eady. Yeah. Uh, can't think of anybody else. So, and I guess Morton, but PA. Berg. You know, kind of, Berg is a little yeah. bit outside the Midwest. Yeah, and Willie Berg. Yeah. So, like, again, he has pedigree to be able to get bigs in here. He doesn't necessarily have that with the guards because it, Purdue is just not a guards institution. It's not. Um, so I don't know. That's just my thoughts. I'm sure I'll get some hate for that if of our listeners, which is fine. But like, I just I I can't kill him too much. I can't. And I know I get I, people say I'm a painter defender, and I am. I I think just think he does a great job. I think I can't define him by a few poor results, even though they're frustrating. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you on a lot of it. Like, I don't think I think Painter did a great job this year, and it was just kind of unfortunate breaks from the roster that he set like he bet he made the bet that these guys can shoot and it didn't work out like if these if Purdue was a 36 percent 37 percent three-point shooting team I truly believe we were talking about them in the final four I truly believe that um you know instead they're what were they at 32 I'm looking up 32.2 276 in the country yeah um, per Ken Palm like that's just not gonna cut it um, let's see. Average would be, let me do quick math. Yeah. Average is about 34% last year. So yeah, if they were like a 36 to 37, UConn was 36% from three. Like I, I truly think if Purdue was that, yeah, if Tanner made that bet and it did not work. Um, I, I will talk about it a bit with Lance Jones. I kind of think he's make he's just kind of doubling down on it. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a painter defender. Like I, I'm very much like you, you can't fire Matt Painter, um, yada, yada. Like, I, I just don't know who you're going to replace that's better. But at the same time, like, even though there has been some bad luck, it's been three years in a row to low seeds. Like, it's, you do got to prove it. And Payne, he knows that. I mean, I don't know. If, I forget yes. which interview it was. But um, and, and if you know which one, maybe you can say who it's with. Um, but he basically said, he's like, 
he was like, um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of fans that want me to be fired. I get it now. Like, I, I can't say that they're wrong. Um, I like, he, he was basically yeah. like, I have to prove it. And I know that I, I think he's a really good basketball mind. Like you said, he recruits who was, who's going to come to Purdue. He's not recruiting the, you know, the, the dynamic guards that, that everybody wants. Like, I don't know what Carson Edwards, Edwards was ranked. I assume he was like a four-star. Jay Nivey was four was three. He, yeah, I mean they're both in four that, three like one hundred range, I think. And yeah, yeah, that's Ivy was that, like eighty six is what he ended up or something like yeah, that. And like, Ivy was a steal by Painter. I mean nobody, yeah. nobody. I, Ivy was should have been a Notre Dame lock, and Painter Painter freaking took that recruitment from Mike Bray. You know, yeah. so it, it yeah, I agree. Like I just think it's got to be better. I understand that, um, but. You know, yeah, he 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 made a bet this year and lost, and and yep. maybe and 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 to some extent the team was, as the Boilermaker special goes crazy in my background, <laughs> uh, to to some extent, um, you know, he he, like you said, they were a victim a little bit of expectations getting too high, um, I think, which again did they earn that whatever, but like in Portland, there there was not yet the realization that hey these shooters aren't that great. You know, and and they at the at the time maybe they were shooting it a little bit better. I I don't think they were honestly. No, like, they were, and that's the thing, and that's where I like a point I've kind of gone back to a couple of times, and it's early, so like you have fresh legs and all that, but like I assume, like I think we would all agree, PK eighty five was Purdue was at its best, right? Like I or yeah, right. Yeah. Westford, you know, and we're gonna throw the Marquette game in that stretch too. Sure. Or those, you know, four. Four games in a row, I guess if you want to – I don't really want to count Florida State. If you throw those four games, Marquette, West Virginia, Gonzaga, Duke, 33% from three, 47.1, 38.5, 38.9. I believe Lawyer and Smith played well in, like, all four of those games. Here, let me see. Doing some live uh, research. I know that's not the best all podcasting. Right. Um, Lawyer struggled a bit against Marquette. We know Brain Smith took over the second half. Against West Virginia, Lawyer has 12. Brain has 18. Um, and, and two assists yeah. against Gonzaga. Brayden has 14, five and seven dominates the second half. Lawyer has 14 and five assists against Duke. Lawyer is 18 on four of eight from three. Brayden has, he struggled a bit. He had four points, eight rebounds, two assists. Yeah. Both guards were, you had at least one guard playing really, really well, all four of those games and the rest of the team shot well too. Uh, and that's, I think that's, I just think that's the recipe. Like that's, you have that plus if Edie comes back, you have, you know, best player in the country, Well, you need it. And it was not there down the stretch. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And, and I think that's probably all we need to say about the season as a whole. Um, still, a, a, as we said on our various other platforms, it's, you know, it's a great season. One to really yeah. remember and, and doesn't mean that, even though it's again, it literally is the single worst loss in in tournament history. Um, as Purdue fans, we're sort of used to it at this point, and 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 I think we can still appreciate, um, you know, a great, great regular season. And and again, these guys didn't lose anything till the the NCAA tournament. They won pretty much everything they were in. Yep. Um, so so great for them. And and like you said, I mean, I'll always remember, maybe not always, but certainly in the near future, I'll remember that. You know that that stretch that we just went over, where those freshman guards came in and just started punking like these national brands. I mean, it was just crazy. Like nobody, even the biggest Smith Homer, which I would consider myself in that camp, 
like wouldn't have said he would have just been dicing up Marquette like a team in game hoops. number three. Yeah, in like game number three, and that I'll say that I have a great story of that Marquette game because it was like a it was a seven dollar ticket to get in that game, and <laughs> like to think of where those two teams ended up between the Big Ten and Big East champ, and at that point in the season, expectations were so low that yeah. me and a friend could get in a Mackey for 14 total dollars and, and just the house was, it was rocking that night. Oh, that, was uh, nuts. That, that was a great, great memory. And and just funny. Cause then, you know, big 10 season comes around, it's $400 to get in the building, you know, and it's just, yeah. it was, it, it, that was kind of the ticket prices really reflected the attitude of the fan base. It was kind of, Hey, rebuilding year. And then and by the end of the season, obviously, you know, one seed and all that, but yeah, it, it was frustrating, but, you know what? We move on. Newton off season now. Yep, for sure. No, I still, I'm still always going to enjoy the season. Same thing with the the year before with Ivy and that. Like, uh, these are the first two years that I personally really, really started digging deep into Purdue basketball. On that, uh, and although the the poor outcomes in the tourney, the regular season still just fun, frustrating at certain times. Um, you know, seeing Purdue gets uh, court stormed literally every game. It felt like. Yeah. Two years ago, the four buzzer beaters, just brutal. Um, But still just, I, yeah, still just a really, really enjoyable season overall for me. Like watching the freshmen do what they did early, insane. Watching Edie become national, what should have been unanimous national player of the year, except for one uh, IU grad voted for Trace. Um, (laughs) Like, like he's just so dominant. And it, it was just insane to watch. Like, Teams just couldn't do anything. Um, and, and that can kind of transition to next year. That's the big question is, is will Edie come back? Um, we've been in the camp of Edie's gone for a while. I'm going to be honest. I'm closer to 50-50 now, maybe slightly leaning to Edie coming back. I have no inside info or anything like that. I'm not I'm not uh, well, well known enough for anything like that. But that's just based off gut feeling, kind of what I've seen. I think I'm leaning a little bit more that he comes back. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, and then we'll kind of hit on the the other portal stuff. No, I mean, I don't think we really just, just don't really know. And um, so some people are trying to make it. Izzo had some comments of, like, Purdue has everybody back, and some people are trying to insinuate that. But I, I don't think either party knows right now. Um, I think Edie's going to test the waters. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't announced that he will already. Um, so maybe that's a good sign. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't really know. Yeah, so we can get to the portals. Um, we'll touch on Brandon Newman real quick. Uh, transferred about a week ago, somewhere in that area. Um, I haven't heard anything about where he's going to go. I know we both have kind of thought Notre Dame would be a good spot with Shrews being the one that recruited him, still close to home. Uh, I mean, if he really wanted to go full home, like he could go to Valpo and just put up whatever he wants there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, obviously he is a kind of polarizing figure for Purdue basketball frustrating at times so much fun to watch at other times um but at the end of the day I, you know still was gave what four years including his red shirt year like always a boilermaker to me um and, and you know wherever he does end up i do hope that he he finds success um has a last good last year or two however many years he he decides to take so um i don't know if you have anything else on newman but yeah no i'm just i mean just a great boilermaker who could have left last year and decided not to and um you know, stuck it out. wasn't always easy for him, especially with, again, we talk all the time about being a victim of expectations. Like when, with, with, with the way his first year went, you know, 
or I guess second because he redshirted like the expectations just kind of skyrocketed and and um you know there was always just little things that you know sort of piled up and you know unfortunately he wasn't able to get as much playing time as as he probably wanted and certainly as some fans wanted him to have but at the end of it all he was starting in the you know NCAA tournament for Purdue at, at you know, so yeah, it was a good career and, and uh, I'll certainly be rooting for him. I hope he goes to Notre Dame with Shrewsbury. Um, certainly Valpo would be fun as well in the horizon, but yeah, I was a skilled guy. And um, I I think we'll probably definitely play professional basketball somewhere, um, whether if he wants to, you know, he doesn't have to, now he has a Purdue degree in hand and, you know, could, could probably, uh, you know, sell insurance in the region for the rest of his life and, and do just fine. But, you know, uh, I just good boilermaker, good, good career here. And uh, hopefully wish him the best of luck next place he goes. For sure. So that brings us to Lance Jones, the uh, Southern Illinois grad transfer coming to Purdue kind of a one year, just kind of a David Jenkins type uh, yeah. six foot one, 190 combo guard. But I, I think he's more of a one, but I, I don't know. And we'll, I think he will be we'll, for we, Purdue. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll play – like, I think if he plays 15 minutes, I think it's like 10 at the 1 and then 5 at the 2. Yeah. Um, something like that. So, um, but yeah, no. 13.8 points last year, 3.1 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 1.6 steals, uh, shot 50% from 2, only 26.7% from 3, 76.4% from the line, which is um, – that's a positive sign. Some of the three-point shooting is just because he took so many bad shots, to be honest. Uh, deep threes, like, just kind of whatever he wanted, he put up. He put up 243 threes last year in 32 games. Um, 2.1, he made 2.1 out of 7.6 attempts per game. Uh, the three-point, I mean, the three-point shooting is the first talking point, I think, for kind of anybody. I feel like all of us that, you know, I, I had no, literally no clue who he was before. You go to sports reference, you look, you see the 26.7% from three. You think, wait, Purdue struggled from three last year. And then you're like, why is this guy coming to Purdue? Um, and the more film I watch, the more I, I'm bought in. I think he's going to fit in well. You're hoping for some good regression on three-point shooting. He's In his four years, he's got 30, 30.6%, 42.9%, 33.9%, and 26.7%. The year that he was 42.9% from three, uh, he shot over 50% on contested catch-and-shoot threes. And overall, he shot like 47% on catch-and-shoot threes. So, um, you know, maybe if he can get more off-ball, he won't be the primary option on offense. He probably, for most lineups, won't even be the secondary option. So you're hoping that he can get some better shots. Um, but besides that, he's as good athleticism. He will drive into the lane. He will defend. Um, I, I think he can be a little more flexible with the ones and twos that he can guard. So, and that's just something Purdue lacked. Like, uh, like you had Newman, you had Morden, um, but aside from that, last year, like Purdue just didn't quite they didn't have another guard that you really trusted. I think defensively, I don't think you trusted Jenkins for the most part. Smith was up and down, um, and, and then Lawyer wasn't great. I don't think, but. I think he's going to come in, and I think that's where he's going to be more. It's just you're going to come. He's going to come in, play defensively, and then you're just hoping that he makes some better shots. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like you said, I, not a sexy name when you see him. You know, um, 
doesn't necessarily jump off the page. I think uh, I was just looking at on three's transfer portal database. He's outside the top 300 as far as transfers in the portal right now. Um, so, you know, when you look at a team that's um, ranked in the top three by most services right now for next season, nationally, you think you could maybe do a little bit better. And, and I, I understand that sentiment. Um you know, but I think Painter had to walk a little bit of a line. And I'm not even saying he was right in doing this. I just think this was his perspective was I think he had to toe a little bit of the line of I can't. I believe so much in Braden Smith. I don't want to bring in a guy who's going to just take Braden Smith's minutes. Um, I, I just need a guy who can play the point behind Braden Smith and, and can do some of the kind of be a foil to Smith a little bit in that he he does some of the things well that Smith still needs to work on like guarding um, not, not because Smith is a poor defender, but more because of his size. I think Jones strength and, and strong base is a, is a nice um, change of pace from Smith. Um, I think he's, he's quicker than David Jenkins, um, which again, not the highest bar, um, but definitely shiftier and quicker than, than David more of a downhill north south driver than david whereas david almost never got to the rim would just rather stop and pop um this guy's not going to do that you if this guy's taking a pull-up mid-range jumper like we're in trouble it, it could go anywhere just because of his mechanics he, he has one of those forms that you really it, it's not designed to shoot a mid-range jumper in fact it's not even necessarily designed as we saw last year to shoot a toes on the three-point line jumper uh it's more designed it's one of those uh slingshotty you know, mechanics that really tailors itself to the, to the deep three. And, and he shot a ton of deep threes last season, a deep, deep threes. Um, I mean, Joe, you have a bunch of stuff on your Twitter about him. I, I had a tweet where I showed some of his, just his shot chart locations for his different play types. And uh, one of them, his spot ups are, are pretty nuts. Like it's, I mean, he's just, it's almost like, is he just like trying to uh, have a, like, mini contest of how close I can get to half court, but you know, like in the flow of the offense, jacking one up. So yeah, it's, I think it's fair to say it's concerning. I mean, those shots aren't in the Purdue offense, like no, just at all. So like if he's taking those, I, I don't, he's not going to see the floor very often. Uh, if, if you can't rein him in from that now, obviously they took him for a reason. Um, really tough defender, tough, on ball point of attack defender and you can just imagine him you know really matching up with some of the guys that are going to be on Purdue's schedules Xavier Johnson Caleb Love Tyson Walker I mean any one of those MSU guards you know even like Ch uh, Chucky like that's a Chucky bigger Pepper, guard that man. Purdue would struggle with yeah like lead guard who can get downhill he can really be a be a tough cover or be a, a, a tough guy to get around because he's strong and he and, and I don't know how long he is necessarily um, but again, he can really chest up on you. You're not going to be able to post him up like you could with Braden. I mean, last year, didn't we see a few times where guys would just try to post Braden up and it didn't always work, but certainly there's that option there with Braden and, and even Fletch, like you could play Braden next to Jones and then that's a defensive upgrade over Fletch or what the Fletch we saw last year. So again, like, I think that those things are good. Um, I, I think in the flow of the offense, he should be able to shoot a better percentage from three. Um, like you said, he did shoot 43% as a sophomore. So that's great. Um, maybe he can kind of replicate that within Purdue's uh, scheme, but you're right. It is sort of a bet on the same type of player who are we sure he can shoot? 
you know, probably not. It's one of the worst shooting seasons ever, given the volume. I, I, I've, I've kind of, I mean, I have not been able to find one from recent years like that's that's been worse because he shot eight threes a game and the locations yeah. of where they were, and then to shoot, yeah, then to shoot twenty five percent is just nuts. But yeah, he had some great individual defensive showings. You have that Oak State game, I think, uh, on your Twitter. Yeah. He, he he had to guard some of their guys, John Michael Wright and, and Avery Anderson, who are good, good guards, um, and, and was able to do a nice job on them. So I think he does some things well. Um, I, I think he's better than David Jenkins. I'd say that. Um, I, th- I think he's an upgrade there. He's just more versatile and defensively. Yeah, yeah he does more things, I think. And and if the shooting, and I love Jenkins. Yeah, I love Jenkins too. I and But again, Jenkins, it was a little bit different too because of when they got Jenkins, it was so late in the year. And now with this guy, it's like, okay, like a lot of fans are kind of like, why did we need to like, why was that our first priority? Why was Lance Jones our first priority? You know, it's fair. I mean, I, I'm not going to push back on that. I'm also not going to rant about it because I think the team they have coming back can be really good. And and I think Braden Smith's going to be playing 32 minutes a game, you know, but again, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, I like the pickup, but I'm not like, over the moon about it you know yeah and i think you know to my back to my betting on on the three-point shooting like this is probably just a little bit not even that i don't even know if painter's betting that lance jones will be fine I, he's probably a little bit he's like hey get him into the purdue system he's gonna take better shots he'll make them right i think it's just more of like i painter truly believes his, these guys can shoot on this team and right, 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 i'm right. still with him like i just think it was such bad variance this year like i just don't see let's go let's go through Edie did not attempt a three. Fletch was 32.6% from three. Like, I just don't see that happening again. Brain was 37.6. Okay, cool. That's solid. Gillis was 35.6. And if you take out the one Penn State game, and I know that's not quite fair to do, but if you do, it drops to like 32%. Yeah. You don't see that bad happening again. First was 26%. I think he can be a 32% shooter. Uh, Morton was 27%. I think he can be a 32%. Like, yeah. I think these are guys that can make more, especially Fletch. And Fletch is the big one. And we can do, we'll probably do more pods like specifically player focused. Um, yeah. But, and then I, oh, and then the other point, that's the other point. I like the, like, against FDU, Purdue needed some guard that was just confidence and going to just drive the ball at some points. Uh, and I know a lot of players or a lot of people are like, you know, come March, you you look, you, all these guys need to hit mid-ranges and that. And like, I just don't buy that. I'm going to be honest. When you talk about like the dynamic guards, I think it's just, you just need guards to be able to make a play. Hit downhill, generate a paint touch, see what happens. Smith did it a bit, but then he had seven turnovers to go with it. it we we all agree it wasn't a great game for him. Jones, I think, comes in and is a guy that just would have. Like if... I agree. You know, after you triple teams ED like they did off ball or whoever does next year, because it's going to happen if ED's back, you kick out to Jones and he's just going to drive. I'm not saying it's going to be crazy efficient. I'm not saying it's always going to be a good result. But it isn't a turnover. Yeah. What? It isn't a turnover. Yeah. It isn't a turnover and it isn't this hesitating pump fake three that a couple players did. That like, creates a long rebound that ED can't get. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just something that, like, I'm not saying, I don't think. Jones is like, oh man, Purdue's you know gonna win the championship now. But it is a he has a little bit of the element of like, here's a guy that can just go downhill if needed. Um, last yeah. year, and I it's not quite fair, right? Because of the system, Edie had 237 attempts at the rim. 
The next highest was Braden Smith at 93. That's crazy. Um, Lance yeah. Jones had 135 attempts at the rim last year. Like, that's just another guy, like, you know, aside from Braden, Braden had 93, first had 89, Fletch had 66. Nobody else had more than 45. Um, TK had 45, Gillis had 40, Morton had 28. Right. Like, that's just not a, like, that's just not rim pressure aside from Edie. And obviously, Edie is so good that he can cover a lot of it. But like, you just, that's just where I get back to is just, and you, I think you were the first one to say it. And that's when I was just like, oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't necessarily mid range. It's just get downhill. Somebody just gets to the rim consistently. And no, if Purdue uh, yeah. has that, then I think they're in a good spot. Yeah. If they were running more of a free flowing offense, then you would need some of that mid range shot creating. You know, you'd need a guy to just be able to cook. Um, but in this offense, which is so just unique, like, not I mean where 45 percent of the offense is two specific play types spotting up from three or, or spotting up and and post-ups and so you know it, it in this kind of strange offense that we don't see a lot that again even Tobin Anderson himself said they sh- just straight up didn't guard any of our dummy action um yeah you just need guys who can make the play um and, and or at least try to make the play um, and that's certainly one thing Jones will do. He is not shy. Um, I, I think at times Jenkins was a little shy, maybe at least to get downhill it just isn't his game. Um, so, you know, with Jones, I think he will do that. Um, I, I think, you know, to me, you bring in another guy here with this last scholarship um, because again, like it, it just feels like a little bit of last of what we did last year in saying, oh, yeah, well, Heidi, Colvin, and Jones will come in. Yeah, okay, but really, what have any of those guys proven at the Big Ten level? Nothing. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. It's another bet. It, it's a bet, and 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 to some extent, you always have to bet, but you're Purdue. Like, you're, you're top three in the country. Why can't you go get any number of the guys we're about to talk about here and yeah. – and, Throw them a little bag. I mean, not anything crazy, but we at this point, we got to have something NIL-wise. I know we have something. So, you know, it, again, you got to at least be able to be competitive, at least with like some of the – and there have been some guys. I mean, hell, A.J. Store just committed Wisconsin would have slotted yep. right in and is from Illinois. Never heard Purdue's yep. name. So let's get into a couple – I don't want to just go down the list and do like, hey, we could have this guy, this guy, and this guy who are all from the Midwest. Everybody knows that. You can all look up Transfer Portal database and see the guys that, you know, Purdue just wasn't in on. They're at the top of the market, whatever. Um, but there are, but there is this scholarship that Purdue still has. And right now, there's not a clear, there are guys in the portal in my mind who are better options at the three to start at the three than anybody in Purdue's current roster. And while I understand the, in the portal era, the benefit of continuity year over year and, and, and trying to win that way and, and almost making that bet that, Hey, our, our chemistry and continuity over time will win out over your makeshift roster. And I don't necessarily, I, I don't think that's a bad bet necessarily, but that doesn't mean you can still roll Ethan Morton out there for 30 minutes a game. And there's no offense to Ethan. It's just, it, it isn't like it, there's needle movers out there and we're Purdue. We're a top five team theoretically, you know? So like, 
let's go at least inquire. And I don't know, again, you, you know, the whole like, oh, yeah, he's got interest from 50 schools. Well, again, that could have been a text from a GA. They're not actually serious about it. They just wanted that out there. Or it could be the agent spinning it. I mean, who knows what the hell is out there right now? Because it is yeah. a crazy wild, wild west where agents are shopping guys. Um, you know, guys are charging for official visits. Um, and what does the NCAA do, by the way? Comes out and says, starting June first or starting July first, uh, let's give everybody unlimited of unofficial visits that are paid for by the school. Yeah, good move there, NCAA. Way to keep things under control. So the floodgates are open, uh, and I I get that. But I, again, we do have a couple names that maybe with that that kind of Brandon Newman replacement on the wing, um, you know, we could kind of throw out there. So Joe, I know you have a couple. Yeah, and, and before we get into that. Um, right now, if Edie comes back, Purdue has the one scholarship, like you said. And like, I know when Painter kind of said, like, if somebody comes in the portal that fits like all their criteria, then they'll go after him. Yeah, like a lead score, I think is what he said. Yeah, right? lead score that's like a wink. Um, yeah. and I agree, it probably you probably need a wink, but I just don't in this portal era, like, I just don't understand not taking a step, especially for one guy. Like, you do your personality screening, you make sure he's not just gonna like destroy the locker room and as long as he's not going to do that like i just don't understand why not taking a flyer on some low mid-major that you know shot 40 percent from three or something um and just seeing if he can do it at a big 10 level and if not then you know and maybe you're up front about that and maybe that deters him too but you're kind of up front like hey you come and perform you'll play if not your body's gonna be right on the bench the rest of the year and and Depending on how the rest of this team goes, you might still get a ring out of it. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I just don't understand not using it in this portal well, era. It's the, and, at least and a one-year flyer. It's a Calcaterra, Joey Calcaterra. I mean, yep. Danny Hurley told that guy, he said, hey, you're at San Diego. We're not sure you can even play here, but we want you. We're, we have an extra scholarship. We're going to bring you in. You shot 40% from three last year. He said, all right, I'm in. I'm going to make you pay. Like, it, it kind of lit a fire under him. He said, hey, I'm I'm coming in to play. And Hurley said, great, you know, but I'm just telling you right now, it might not happen. He said, screw you. Came in there, played, obviously, was an eighth man on a championship team. And so, That's, again, like, yeah. why not? And and I get the why not is we we piss off Morton and Heidi and Colvin. And and I get that. Yeah. To I get that because it, it Purdue has been built on – the family aspect. I'm, it's on my chest right now. I'm wearing a shirt that yeah. says with a Purdue logo. Like that is, is the Purdue culture. Right. And, and so just bringing in every, you know, but maybe that has to change in the portal era. And, and that's just kind of, I think what you and I are saying, like it, and, and it's competition. It doesn't mean like if I bring in whoever, like Morton can't beat him out or Heidi can't beat him no, out or whoever. It's like, another it, option. It's another option. And, and yeah, especially if it's a grad transfer, like you can sell them yeah. on but you, you wouldn't, we are your own. And really it's kind of, I mean, I don't know that Lance Jones had another offer this good. Like, Hey, not. we're your best offer by a country mile. Now, again, this is, I still think they can be competitive with some of the top 100 or whatever, but like, Hey, we're your best offer. We're your chance to play at the big time, high major level. We don't, we can't guarantee you playing time, but we like you enough to think that you can come in, compete, and maybe provide, you know, and we know you can shoot, probably is, is the other thing. Yeah. So, the I other don't know. Thing. We, we have a couple names. I don't know. Yeah. Let's get into them. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Um, there's a, I mean, okay. I'm going to preface this. I am not a portal like 
I'm not up to date on who's contacted who and all that. And so like some of these names are just going to be flat out unrealistic and we're just going to say them because they kind of fit my criteria for me. That's fun to think about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A little fun exercise for me. I do want them to be like a senior or grad transfer. Like I I think, um, and this, okay. I guess I'm also saying I'm basing this on Edie coming back is what I did. Like I think with Edie coming back, especially you just take a shot. Um, on a one-year guy, you kind of just go all in knowing that this, if Edie comes back, it will be his last year. And then you're just, you know, like you got to push all your chips in, I think, um, to try to win with him. So grad transfer, want him to be, you know, a wing, 6'5 to like 6'8 mm-hmm. shoot. Um, and that that's pretty much it. Like, obviously, would like to defend some. I haven't watched much film. on. I haven't watched any film on any of these guys, to be 100% honest. This is purely right. just... Looking at numbers, but um, a couple, you know, the unrealistic one is Hakeem Hart. Uh, obviously, he's not, you know, he's not coming to Purdue. If Purdue somehow got him, like they would be, I would assume they'd be number one. Maybe Duke, I guess, with everybody they return him. But um, that's the unrealistic one. The big name that's like he's been recruited a ton, and so I, I don't know if Purdue contacted and it didn't work out or what. Is Dalton Neck from Northern Colorado? Twenty point two points per game last year. Six six shot. 38.1% from three on 6.8 attempts. Um, there's a chance he ends up at, at IU, I know, and, and that would not be fun. I think he just took a visit to like Tennessee or something like that. Yeah, too. I think he's so. visiting, uh, I think he visited Oregon as well. So he's not going to come here, but yeah, I agree. Like he, he's a perfect guy. 6'6", 200 wing, played at Northern Colorado. Like you said, 20 a game, shoots it, can put it on the floor. I have seen some film of him. Um, yeah, not, not a hundred percent sure why Purdue didn't reach out if they didn't like, yeah, I, I have no clue. So. <laughs> and maybe they did. And Nick was just like, nah, I don't want to throw it to Edie and, or I don't even know about that, but like, I don't want to have to compete with everybody, I guess. I don't know. Like if you go to yeah, IU and that's what we starting get the small forward. That's what we have a hard time understanding in this conversation is where, where is Purdue in the hierarchy of how these guys think about schools, you know, and because like, I'm sure they're not great. Like not certainly not like equal to how successful they've been as far as like where people want to go, you know, because like, like West Virginia is cleaning up. Like everyone would tell you produce a better place, not place, but just like basketball program than West Virginia right now. But again, they're cleaning up, maybe due to a mix of NIL, you know, the party scene. I, I don't know. Like, just where does Purdue stand with these guys? I mean, we we know it's not necessarily as high as IU, because IU has money to spend and they have open roster spots. You know, like, I, I don't know. We we just don't know. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if Purdue was the type of program that you wouldn't necessarily see their name bandied about with all the transfers. And then it turns out, hey, they were actually recruiting that guy. You know, like they like to do stuff. They're not going to boast about it on social media or whatever. But that that's the interesting thing to me. Like how much has have these tournament losses damaged it? How much does the Edie thing damage it? Because we know Edie didn't get a lot of respect nationally this year. Did other players look around and go, yeah, I don't want to play with that guy. You know, I don't want to throw that guy the ball 15 times a game or 20 times a game. You know, like, I don't know. That's where I just don't know. And, and our players in the portal, like, thinking about this enough to look at Purdue and, and go, 
oh yeah, that's a hell of a coach and a great program. Or are they just looking at it and going, Hey, big seven, four guy. I don't want to throw him the ball, bunch of sets, not a lot of money. Like, I don't know, maybe probably different guys, yeah. different, different, you know, guys for different things, but yeah. And that's where you got to get a Jenkins type where it's, it truly seemed from day one, he was bought in on, mm-hmm. I'm going to come in and play my role. He was cool with Smith starting it. It, Really, like, I don't think he was just, you know, because you get guys saying, like, oh, yeah, I just want the team to win, yada, yada. Like, I think Jenkins truly, truly meant that. Um, and I think he was, you know, obviously, as a competitor, you're not happy if you're not playing. But, like, right in the team aspect, I, I think he truly was fine. He was like, hey, Smith's legit. Like, let him go. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's that aspect, too. And we, like you said, we literally know nothing about that, like, at all. So, um, I could throw out a couple other names. Uh going through i literally have like i said no clue how realistic or not uh keelan boone from pacific grad transfer 13.9 points per game uh shot 41 percent on 5.33 six foot eight 200 pounds i think he's more of a four which kind of worries but if he can play the three um i i you know that's that's kind of your your it's it's your your pitches you played at pacific last year you can shoot well um you know come here yeah heaven Eastleaf. Or do you have anything on him? I don't know. Uh, I just he I know a little bit about that one. He his brother Caleb Boone was at Oklahoma State, and I think oh, they're okay. a package deal to UNLV. So I think that okay. One's so there we go. Tevin Easley Jr. from Duca- Duquesne. Uh, he oh, is from oh, Indianapolis. Man. Yeah, uh, he got hurt last. Well, okay, I didn't do a ton of research. He got hurt last season. I'm just assuming he's getting a waiver for another okay. year. Um, from the Indy area. Last year, obviously hurt. Like I said, the year before, averaged 11 points on like 34% from three. Uh, you know, another, I, I don't have his height listed. Bad podcasting prep by me. I think he's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, if yeah, I remember six, right. Seven. He, he played at Lawrence North in Indianapolis. I, I did not know he was still around. Man, that feels like he was in high school forever ago. Well, yeah, I think he, I think this would be his sixth or seventh year of college. Jeez. Wow. But, crazy. And that's assuming yeah, he gets the waiver, fine. the injury waiver. Yeah, and I think one guy I had in my well, – I have two guys that – I don't know if you have them, but Sima uh, Sukoshis from Butler is a really uh, skilled player, um, 6'7 wing. I think he's like 225. He's got not like maybe not the perfect body, uh, but certainly a, like a guard skill set. I think he averaged like 12 a game last year for Butler. I think shot like 38% from three. Could slide into that three-man role and, and be – you know, pretty solid. He's not from Indiana, but he did play at Butler the last two years. Um, I think he's got some eligibility left. And the other one was Raekwon Battle, who just entered from uh, Montana State. He is really, really good. I watched a little bit of him earlier this morning. I think he's listed at 6'5", looks a little taller, longer maybe. Um, senior out of Montana State, average like 18 a game on 36% from three. Just a true kind of scoring wing. Um, seems to fit that bill. I mean, Painter said, like, hey, we want elite scorers. Um, you know, he sort of was that, at least at the at the big sky level. So, yeah, a couple, couple guys there that I, I'd be interested in. Again, sort of you guys are seeing Joe and I's archetype here. Um, you know, yeah. wing, wing scorer who can shoot, you know, maybe a little bit of differential between, like, two or a four. It doesn't really matter. There's room on this roster for anyone who can play, in my opinion, so. 100%. Yeah, if you if you can play at that, you know, anywhere in that area, you're going to get you're at least going to be able to compete for minutes. Yeah, um, I do like both, like, uh, especially the last one. Um, as I blank on his name really quick, yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. I like him a lot. Um, I had two others. Uh, Jaden Delaire from San Diego. He got yeah. hurt last year. Going to require a, an injury waiver again. Would be his sixth year. Um, you know, shot. I mean, he shot really well from three last year, but it was a smaller sample size. He's, he, you know, um, average 10.1 points two years ago at Stanford, 12.5 three years ago, six foot nine, but plays more of the three. You know, if, if we're, like we said, if we're getting this deep in the transfer portal, like just a guy of, hey, come here for a year um, and see if you can score at this level. I mean, he played at Stanford for four years, so like he at least was at a high major showed he can put up 10 to 12 a game. Yeah. And then the last last one I had was Elias King from Middle Tennessee's grad transfer, 9.3 points, um 4.0 rebounds on 41% shooting from 3 and only 21 minutes a game. Um Yeah, I, I don't have much else on that. So, yeah, uh, that, those I, were kind I, of the I, names. The wing that can score, can shoot. Uh, yeah. I think if if some Purdue can get somebody like that, it's just can only benefit really. Yeah, I agree. I I had uh my other one was Ryan Langborg, but from Princeton, who had a really nice tournament, can really shoot it as well. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it, it it's I I don't know if it's necessarily. I think if I think you and I both think like there is n- absolutely no reason not to use the scholarship at least on a senior grad transfer one year kind of guy as a yeah push your chips in kind of move. Like you said, even Naheem Aline's out there from UConn. Um, yeah, was a wing for them who has some now a championship pedigree, uh, can shoot it a little bit. I know Indiana's in on him as well. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's like, that's why not, not to get like a freshman who's got three no. years left and we don't need that. You know, we, we have no. plenty of young talent and, and you know, that, that part of the program is deep, but yeah, like you said, it it's, Hey, why not? Let's just go get a guy who can shoot. Um, or at least who's proven he can shoot. It's all you can go off of right now. Um, because again, now you kind of go the other way of what we said all of last year was that everyone has proven they can shoot at some point in their career. Well, now they've all proven they can't shoot at some point in their career. Uh, so like now you, now you kind of got to look at it the other way. And so, uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's not a ton of Indiana kids. Um, obviously that's like kind of the first thing you look at, uh, Ryan Conwell out of South Florida is a kid from the Indy area who, who's. I think has a lot of potential. He he was just a freshman though. He doesn't really fit the Purdue mold. Um, Jake Heidbreder was a guy I kind of liked out of uh out of Floyd Central, but he already committed to Clemson. So yeah, there's tons of guys out there. You could go down this list all day long. I'm sure our listeners are bored already, but that's that's kind of what we 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 see. It's just that archetype. It's that type of guy that hey, go in, you you know, you shoot, you you play a certain amount of time, you you you'll give us another option in case, like happened last year, Morton, Jenkins, you know, all those guys like just simply shouldn't have been out there, but we didn't mm-hmm. have anybody else. And so that that's just kind of how we look at it, I think. Hundred percent. Um yeah, I, like I said, I I want this person to be a senior grad transfer. Like I, I don't unless they're like an absolute stud then you're just kind of counting more as like a recruiting class type player. Right. Um, so we want to touch on cat catchings before we get out of here. That's kind oh, of, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. We can touch on him. Um, I assume everybody's kind of seen like there's been some rumblings about him decommitting or whatever. Uh, Purdue had an uh, official visit or like an in-home visit with him yesterday Everything that I've kind of heard seems like he's still committed to Purdue. 
um like I was, this is it's just an it's a weird spot right like we're speculating on what is he 17 i don't know is he 16 or 17 whatever he is right young, now yeah he's young for his grade i think so so six we're speculating on the 16 year old thought process as he blows up and and is now you know i think 247 as a has him as a top 25 or whatever like yeah that's just a spot that we just like we can't like you can't think of like you can't get into a mind of any 16 year old period let alone somebody who's you know kind of blowing up like he is i know we're both really really high on him um you've seen him play a, a good bit from my understandings like yeah it if he does decommit it's gonna be it's gonna suck like just straight up because he's crazy talented but at the same time it's like you know he's 16 whatever it seems like he has a really good support system um he's got to kind of trust that like he, he's gonna stay committed I, I don't know. I don't, in terms of all that, I don't know if I really have anything else. Like, he's 16, stuff like this happens. Like, it, it I don't know. I, I, from what I understand, from kind of what I've heard too, like, this happens for most players that commit super early. Like, at some point, there's some period of like, hey, he might decommit type thing. So, and with catching yeah. blowing up the way he has, it, it honestly shouldn't be that surprising that there at least is a moment of doubt. Yeah. A couple of things, and, and then we can kind of get out of here. I think. First, don't spend too much time thinking about Purdue recruiting. It will be much better for your mental health. Like that, it's just, it's a weird thing. Like just, just, there's already so much to think about as a Purdue fan. You don't like, if you can avoid um, getting so consumed in the recruiting game, you'll be better off for it. Um, you're right, Joe, that I think, and especially this happens in football more than anything. In fact, Purdue just lost a tight end commit who who recently visited Alabama. Like when guys commit early, um that they, they start you you start to second guess things. Very rarely is, is there and Purdue has more of them than most, because I think Jack Benner's this way, is like very rarely is there a guy who just commits to Purdue and is just immediately all in with a year and a half before he actually puts pen to paper. Um like you said, any any 16, 17-year-old is going to go through a range of emotions uh, and a range of thought processes um, and, and just simply isn't – most 16 to 17-year-olds aren't capable of, of um, you know, at least not, like, flirting around. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, not um, – I don't know the right word for it. But anyway, like, he, this all stemmed from him taking at Boilerball out of his Instagram bio and putting up back yeah. up his IQ visit. And it's just like, yeah, that's like teenager stuff. Like he, he's committed until otherwise. And, and like you said, we both heard good things. Um, there's some good reporting about it um, on the, we won't give away the information because it's, it's paid, but the goldenblack.com that does such a good job covering Purdue, yep. Brian and those guys. Um, you know, if you go on their message boards, you subscribe to that uh, knucklehead central, you'll see, some of the information there. So we, we don't want to like get into that because it would be just, it would not be fair to them um, because it's their yeah, work. Sure. Um, but yeah, like I'll just say this, like don't the IU stuff was just made up by their fans on Twitter. And that's, I think kind of yeah. what accelerated it. There was no smoke connecting him to IU. It wasn't like a flip, um, yeah. which is another thing you see all the time in football, like guys flipping on signing day that, that doesn't really happen in basketball as much. Um, 
because the classes are smaller. There's much more of a magnifier. He's not flipping to IU. Like if he decommits, he decommits and he's then going to reassess his options as every school in the country will be on him, including IU. But yeah. he's not decommitting because, oh, all of a sudden I want to go to IU. He just put the visit picture up back up because that was the only other visit picture he had. Yeah. And so it wasn't like a IU Purdue thing. It was like, no, I'm for whatever reason, I'm going to act like an uncommitted recruit on my Instagram today. He did that. And the only other visit he took was IU. And that's how early Purdue was on him. They, he, they and Xavier are still his current only offers. Um, at least officially reported. So, yeah, like he he committed to Purdue last summer. That's really early for a, a 24 kid. And, again, there's going to maybe be some ups and downs. It sounds like um, things have kind of evened out, and um, he's still committed. Um, but, again, he just went down to USA basketball camp at the Final Four around, I think, 100 other stud kids and all those guys. I heard, were... he, I heard he played well, too. Yeah. Yeah, he apparently played pretty well, was impressive. Um, but again, think about the mind of a 16, 17-year-old, however old he is. He goes down there. What's the what's everybody saying? Oh, Purdue lost to FDU, all the crap that they're saying to us. So yep. again, like that, you know, just put yourself in his mind, have a little empathy. Um, and and I think you can maybe start to under, you know, kind of put the pieces together while still understanding that um far as we know he wants to be a boilermaker he's going to be a stud boilermaker and uh trying to fill in the, the class around him which is fun so don't don't get caught up in the the iu just stuff just was randomly i don't know where that really came from their fan base kind of well just, it was one of their gas tweeted like a eye emoji at like oh, yeah, the same adam, time and, yeah i, I know so, adam, and that's they, just what they do yeah yeah so and yeah the what the before we get out here what the usa think if you think, and I know not all of them are recruiting, like I, I don't know. I'm one of my goals is to become more aware of everything that's kind of going on grassroots and AU and all that stuff. But like, if you think that they weren't recruiting Cannon like during that, like guys that were committed or even weren't, and like, hey, what if we teamed up here? Like, that's for sure going on. Absolutely. You saw it with all the, you know, with Rutgers guy with, um, what's with, uh, Bailey, right? Uh, oh, yeah, Ace Bailey and, uh, Ace Bailey. Dylan Harper, yeah. Harper, there it is, yeah. Like, you you saw a straight-up video of them saying, like, you know, Rutgers or whatever, like, trying to get Harper. That, like, that's 100% happening. He had probably guys be, like, once they saw, like, oh, yeah, man, you're legit. Like, hey, what if we, like, teamed up at Duke or whatever? Like, that yeah, 100% happened, way, too. This has happened for him essentially overnight. I mean, he hasn't liked these other guys where they've all talked about this for years. No, he has just blown up onto the scene. This was, again, like you said – the first chance for them to other kids who are, who have always been that highly ranked to look at him and go, Whoa, dude, like this guy is sick. Like, and now, yeah. now they, yeah. Like you said, they start to just do what teenagers do. Yeah. But anybody, like if you want to win, you, you look at him play and you're like, Oh yeah, I want him on my team. Yeah. I'll take um, that so, guy on my team. Yeah. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. And we, maybe we can do a off season pod where we just kind of break him down. I don't know. We haven't talked. We haven't talked too much what we're going to do specifically podcast-wise offseason. Um, kind of thoughts is, I don't know if we maybe like individual player podcast or just like, you know, we'll group it as like the guards, wings, bigs, whatever. Um, I would say something like that, what we kind of hope to see next year. I have a couple sprinkled in. You know, I have a bunch of, of threads coming out on every Big Ten newcomer. 
uh, at Joe underscore Jackson 2210 on Twitter. So definitely check those out for literally any, I'm going to plan is to have everyone that is coming into the big 10, have a short thread out on them. YouTube channel coming out soon. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and then, you know, for off season, it'll be more preview stuff, but in season could be more, you know, X's and O's breakdown, stuff like that. So um, you have anything else, Aiden? I know we, we kind of, we went probably a little longer than I expected, honestly, but you got anything else? No, there's a lot to touch on. So good episode. Uh, everybody enjoy the, the NBA playoffs. We'll be active. Like you said, Joe, um, yep. to get some stuff out here, maybe some interviews. We'll see how that goes and, uh, you know, keep trying to put out the content for you guys. So, so, and we'll have some big 10 stuff too. We'll oh, yeah, yeah. maybe next week ish have like a big 10 kind of portal update. You know, if Purdue gets another commit or transfer, we'll, we'll go, we'll have a podcast somewhere in there too. Um, probably one or two updates, just period on that. So a lot of content still coming out over the next, you know, five, six months, as it just feels like such a long wait until basketball is back for college. I mean, um, but yeah, appreciate everybody tuning in. If you have enjoyed, if you would like to like, give a five-star review or rating, wherever you're watching, we are on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. Just let this kind of keep growing. Um, you know, have really enjoyed doing it this year. Want to keep it going. So uh, appreciate anything like that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Jackson 2210. You can find Aiden on Twitter at Aiden Koontz. Follow us or find us on Brags in the Stands for live shows, you know, Purdue breakdowns, all that stuff. If there is a transfer, we will go live there pretty much immediately. So appreciate everybody tuning in and we will catch you in the next one. Thank you.